If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Sports. I am Jacob Brown, joined here with CJ Uri and Steve Cashin. I'm going to start off with short sports here real quick, talk about the NFL from the past weekend. I'm just going to go over the scores really quick. So on Thanksgiving, we talked about this. Uh, I said that the Texans would go minus three. I forget which of you, CJ and Steve, picked uh, the Texans, but they did win 41-25 to over Detroit. Uh, Big win for them, although it's not going to really do anything in terms of playoffs. Uh, but it, def- it definitely ends the Lions for the year. Then you have Washington beating Dallas. For just a little bit, Washington took the lead in the NFC East before my Giants, for some reason, uh, are now in the division lead at 4-7. and seven. They beat the Bengals 19-17. to 17. Daniel Jones, of course, in the game, they go into the division lead. Now it's like, oh, he pulled a hammy. He's not going to be ready for a few weeks. It's getting a little ridiculous. I just look at it and I say – the Giants don't need to get whooped in the playoffs. They need a higher draft pick, and I'm fine with them losing out, Daniel Jones being out for a few weeks because they need that higher draft pick. Uh, then you have the Raiders basically being ended this week by, of all teams, Atlanta. And Colin Cowherd, I, you know, some things he gets wrong, but he said it a few weeks ago, Atlanta always wins the games later in the year that just don't matter. They always win towards the end of the year when they know they're out of the playoffs. And that's what they did. The end, they basically ended Vegas's hopes at the playoffs. Bills beat the Chargers 27-17. to 17. Uh, That's a good win for Buffalo. Herbert played pretty well. Titans smacked the Colts, so they both go one and one against each other. We'll talk about that later. Vikings barely beat the Panthers 28-27, to 27, so they're kind of in the playoff race. Patriots beat the Cardinals 20-17. to 17. Such a Belichick win. Uh, although for a while there, there were some penalties New England was taking that I'm like, well, when Brady was there, some of those penalties by Gilmore, you would have never seen. But Arizona, they're still in the playoff race with the way the NFC is shaping up. They're probably still going to make it. I like them a lot. Miami beat the Jets as expected. Browns beat the Jags. My roommate, he plays this game where he's got to pick a team every week to win. And after you use that team, you can't use them again. He said, should I pick Cleveland this week? And I said, I don't know about that. I think it might be a trap game. This ended up being only a two-point victory for Cleveland. I knew it would play out like this. Cleveland always struggles to win. They're the most overrated 8-3 and three team ever. Baker totally limits them. Saints beat the Broncos 31-3. to three. The Broncos didn't have any quarterbacks, uh, so kind of expected that. Rams, bad loss to the Niners, kind of makes the Bucks' loss to the Rams look a lot worse. Then the Bucs, it looks like a tiny loss by the Bucs to the Chiefs, but in reality, the Chiefs smacked them the whole time. Uh, then the B- Packers beat the Bears another game. Score looks a little closer than it was. Packers smacked them the whole game. And then Seahawks beat the Eagles. Uh, and then the Steelers beat the injured Ravens on Wednesday football, 19-14. to 14. And then in college football, not a bunch happened. Uh, other than Michigan State had a pretty good win uh, last weekend. That was fun to see, but they were ending Northwestern's hopes. Uh, but we'll get into it now. Uh, Actually, I'll just say we'll get into the NFL stuff later, but now we're going to go into FAU football. 
this weekend, FAU playing a really important game against Georgia Southern on the road, 6 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN+. Plus. This is a game, CJ, you were saying it before the pod, we're looking at this, and hey, this might be a, you might get into the top 25 later in the year if you win this game. Yeah, um, Georgia Southern runs a, uh, that what is it called, triple option? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. speed option. Yeah, trip, trip, trip option, uh, similar to Air Force, which I watched last night. Air Force manhandled Utah State on the ground. Um, but yeah, for FAU, this is a very big game because we're only battle tested with the Marshall game. Marshall was ranked number 16 or number 18 at the time that we played them. It was a 20 to nine, 20 to nine slugfest on defense. Marshall only pulled away in the fourth quarter. Uh, um, and we were very shorthanded. So this week looks like we are full go, fully healthy for this Georgia Southern game. Um, and honestly, the boys are, the, the boys are definitely hyped up about this. And this is a game where it says, Hey, you know, unfortunately, FAU used to be in the Sun Belt. FAU moved up to Conference USA thinking it was a move up. It really wasn't. It, it's not. Sun Belt's got a few ranked teams this year. FAU's only got Marshall and Conference USA, and the rest of the teams are absolutely awful. Dog shit teams that don't look to have any direction. They duck teams. Middle Tennessee, two straight weeks, ducking teams. Stop. That's just ridiculous. And then, you know, the list goes on with teams that are just – they don't have any big aspirations in my opinion. So – we go on to Georgia Southern, Sunbelt team. They've they're battle tested. They played Louisiana. They played Coastal Carolina. I don't have they played App State this year. They play them uh, at the end. Well, last week at the I end. Think. So this is that that's a schedule right there. You know, like FAU's played a bunch of cupcake teams. We we you know we were supposed to play USF. That game was going to be a cupcake game anyways because USF is awful. But that was a team that you know maybe we could test some test out like who we are against USF. That game got canceled. So. We'll see where this goes, but I do believe that FE is going to win this game and it'll be a defensive slugfest and we need to win this game to get to continue to rack up votes for the top 25. And if we can win this game, uh, we were receiving votes for beating crappy Houston teams to get into the top five. I think we got up to about around eight votes to get into the top 25. If you can beat Georgia Southern, um, I think you'll get even more votes to get in the top 25. And that just makes your case for if you win, if you went out the rest of the year, you win your bowl game. There's no reason why FAU shouldn't be in the top 25 in this year where many P5 teams aren't even finishing out their schedule. So this is a huge, huge game for Willie Taggart and FAU uh, to continue the momentum. Uh, you don't want to lose your two marquee matchups of the year. They've already lost one against Marshall. You don't want to lose two. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting, exciting matchup coming up here. Uh, kind of the one we had marked on the calendar going into the season. Uh, USF was one, obviously. And then this Georgia Southern, they always give teams a hard time. They uh, beat Florida, if anyone remembers that, a few years back. They went to the swamp and and took down a, a pretty crappy Florida team. But they're still a team that is a thorn in people's sides. And I think this game for FAU, it's, it's going to come down to the, the beginning of the game. I think it's, it's how FAU comes out. If the defense shows up, which they have been every week, giving up on average 11 points a game. I think the defense will carry the weight this game like they've been doing all year and the offense for me. If the offense can get rolling, score about 25, 30 points, they're going to win this game, not handily, but I think they win the game outright with ease at the end. But uh, I was telling CJ, you know, get a couple turnovers and get a couple short fields for that offense to, you know, maybe get a couple cheap field goals, get a touchdown off a turnover and, hey, they'll be rolling, but this is an exciting matchup. I think they deserve to be in the top 25 when it's all said and done, going into the bowl games, uh, finish around. I think they have one more game after Georgia Southern. Southern Miss, they should win that game pretty easily. Uh, win your bowl game, you finish out 8-1, and one, 
uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't be ranked. There's teams like Texas with three losses. They've gotten booted from the top 25. Um, Auburn has three losses. They won't be back up there. So th they're really in the driver's seat to, to finish top 25. And I think they deserve some respect after losing Lane Kiffin, after losing so many guys last year. Um, they just haven't really gotten the respect they deserve the past few years. And I think they should have been ranked last year after being an SMU team. They beat the bricks off of them. Um, on national television, and that was kind of a shocker for them not to be ranked. So I think if FAU has a chance to run the score up this weekend, I think you just got to pound teams from here on out just to kind of catch people's eyes like, hey, this team's for real. What was FAU's ending record last year? Because we lost to UCF. 10-2. and two. We lost to – I think we were 10-2. and two, I'm pretty sure. Didn't we lose to Marshall? Yes. We did? Oh, yeah, we did. It was a Friday night game. Yep. It was a Friday night game, and the refs botched a, a late late call at the yeah, end. I remember that. The game-winning field goal. So we I went 9-3, and three, so 10-3 and three last year. 10-3 and three last year, yeah. 11-3. With losses to, losses to Ohio State, Marshall, and UCF. So so if we go 8-1 and one this year, we would be 19-4 and four in the last two seasons, and there's zero yeah. – you like just put us in for come on, god damn it! Yeah, we were eleven and three, seven and one in Cusa. Jeez, Fuck, come on, that's just domination, bro. Like, give me a break. There's some of these Power Five teams that get they're like, ah, you have a lot of alumni and, and you're in a Power Five school and you've had about six losses this year, but I'll sneak you in the top twenty-five. Just, just give me a fucking break, dude. If if the damn raging Cajuns are ranked, if freaking Coastal Carolina is ranked, give me a break. Put us in. And Coastal Carolina's Coastal Carolina's been a goddamn program for four years. I think it's three years now that they've been D1 because they were D1 AA playing in that Division II uh, with like North Dakota State. And they just now got the D1 and they're ranked. Like, I don't know where the love for them is or where it came from. They don't play very many teams. So I don't see where, why FAU can't be thrown up in there in the ranks because teams like Auburn with four losses somehow sneak back in the top 25. Iowa was up there a couple weeks ago with three losses. I just don't understand. There's like the disparity in the rankings is just so it's, it just blows my mind. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And Hey, look, all FAU can handle is winning these football games and yeah. giving themselves a chance. That's what we need to do. That's all. And we got the show. We have to show, you know, like NCAA, the group of five and everything division division realignment. Like, hey, FAU belongs in a different conference. They don't belong in Conference USA. They can belong elsewhere. So that's what we need to do. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think you just got to you just got to start beating the, the bricks off of teams and just showing that you're you're just superior to this conference, which they've shown in the last four, three, four years that the competition level in Conference USA is not on their it's not on their level. And when Kiffin was there, he kind of just made a joke of, of who they were playing. They would beat teams by uh, 30, 40 points, and it wouldn't even be close. So I agree. I think they they belong in Conference USA. Uh, not Conference USA, excuse me. American Conference. Um, UConn got booted out. They left. So I think they're, FAU could be a prime candidate to go to that conference if, you know, both sides can make a deal. But I 100% agree. We could only hope. I mean, and this is a win that would really help that cause. And, you know, you look at the rest of the season, you get Southern Miss after this, you should win that game. So there's a really good chance FAU could finish 7-1. But the game that I worry about, and this is the game that I was going to call on Owl Radio, but then the uh, technology goofed on us. But 10-6 uh, to 6 over Western Kentucky, I was at that game. The, the ball wasn't moving really at all. 
The defense has been incredible all year. I, I just worry you get into a situation and you can't score because they also scored nine points against Marshall. So I, I just look at it and I say they've got to be on their game offensively, really, because you know the defense is going to be there. They need to be able to score. Yeah, that's what drives the bus for this FAU team. It's when the offense is when the offense is struggling, you're in for a dogfight. That's how it was in the Western Kentucky game. I, I was surprised that it was 10-6, the final score, but it was raining, I believe. I didn't watch any of the game. I was out of town. But I mean it was kind of it was muggy the ball. They I guess it was the terrain. I don't know. No, it was raining were, there. Yeah, it was yeah. yeah. So I mean, it kind of makes it tougher to run the ball, you know. It's you know how it is, but I just think when the offense struggles, it's it just sets the tone for the entire game that yeah. this is going to be a dogfight because the the defense consistently holds teams to ten points a game. It's it's impressive what they do. They create turnovers. The offense has really got to step up and really this week especially if they come out slow, they there's a good chance that Georgia Southern can put it on them because they run that triple option. They can they'll wind the clock if they go on long drives and they got to be careful. But I think the defense will be up for the task and I think they get the win at the end of the day. Yeah, but the thing is is a team that the a team that mainly runs and does the, does the triple option is never going to like fully pull away from you in this like crazy True. fashion in the first half because they're running the football. So that means they're not going to really score quickly. And when mm-hmm. teams can score quick, that's when the game gets out of hand. These the George Southern long drives, methodical drives, take down a lot of clock, but here's the thing. If, if you're FAU and you're sitting there, you're like, hey, you took nine you took nine minutes off the clock, but you scored seven points. This is still a one-score game. I'm okay with it. And instead, like, let's do – let's say, like, a team like, I don't know, um, UCF or, you know, a team like, like that in the group of five where they're just an offense that in those nine minutes, if you have two three and outs, they're scoring two or three times mm-hmm. on you. So that's a good thing that FAU has there that are just saying, hey, let's uh let's let's play let's play our game let's play our uh let's play our defense and you know if you want to run the ball run the ball because we're going to run the ball back and it's really going to come down to who has those two drives that are just better than the other and that's that's those are good football games these are the games that you want to watch as a fan of FAU these are the games where it's like you need to watch you need to be submersed in this atmosphere in this game because it's just better football it's better football than hey let's have bullshit middle Tennessee come to town and let's let's win 35-0 hey, hey and then everyone's like by halftime like okay can I put on the Bama Auburn game <laughs> yeah yeah I mean uh I gotta tell you though guys I'll be watching this game on my bed I I got this new memory foam for my mattress I'm telling you it's the best shit ever I, I've been sleeping on like this rock of a bed for the last three months been feeling pains on my bed. side yeah, dude. I was like, I called my mom. I was like, I got to get a new mattress. And boom, it's right here. But I'll, that's like where I'll be. Is, that, is this like an ad read? No, I don't even know the name yeah, of the company. Free, free uh, I wish there. I did. I would plug them, you know? That was a nice That was a nice little transition there into an ad read. That was yeah, like, I, I, I got to call them hey, up. Hey, this game's going to be great. <laughs> this game's going to be great. But I'll be watching on my memory foam mattress. Call 1-800, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. You use Coach Strictly Sports for twenty percent off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that hey, was Steve, good. Hey. You should you should snip that clip right there, like cut it out, and and when you send to an employer for for radio show, be like, look at that transition for this ad read. Like that was top notch. Yeah, I mean it's it's a pro move. That's all. Hey, and the new transition is Steve. Are you ready for your college football rant? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, okay, let's go. let's let's do Here it. We go. 
I want to hear a lot about the Mormons. Come on. Oh, yeah. No, we finally got the matchup we've been waiting for. Not the matchup we've been – actually, it's not a primo game, but they finally got a ranked opponent. Got Coastal Carolina scheduled 530 on Saturday. Uh, Coastal Carolina, BYU. They are going to put a fucking number up on them. I don't care what the spread is. It's 10 points right now. I just slammed that shit because they – if they have a chance to beat them by 60, they will. They're going to open. I just don't see any world that Coastal Carolina stays in this game. They barely beat App State a couple weeks ago. It's kind of sluggish, moving the ball up and down the field, but couldn't score touchdowns, settle for field goals constantly. I think BYU runs away with this game. I think I'm going to throw a final score out there. I think it's going to be 56 to 10. I don't think it's going to be close by any stretch. I think BYU has something to prove. Um, Zach Wilson was saying uh, any team, any time, any place. Uh, he's kind of just throwing it out there, putting his, uh, just put his meat stick on the table. And it's like, Hey, come play us. But I think BYU is in for a, for a showing. They're going to show everyone that there's legit, that they've been legit all year. But I think this is a good chance for them to hop up in the rankings, move up five, six spots potentially. But we know the college football playoff committee is they're a bunch of frauds. They just, they love their four teams. And they stick with their four teams. Um, and so we'll see how it plays out. But I think BYU has a lot to show this week. Um, moving over to the college football rankings, I think this week there uh, there's really nothing to, you know, to dissect here. It's all the same. The, the top 10 pretty much stayed the same. Iowa State jumped into number nine. But here's an interesting dilemma. We got Ohio State at number four, but they're only 4-0. Looking at them, they have one more game postponed or canceled, or canceled, I should say. They're out of the Big Ten Championship. It's going to throw a wrench into the, into the, I think, the playoff scenario. Because if they can't play a Big Ten championship, they will not be in the playoff. And I don't feel sorry for them because the Big Ten just sat around on their ass for about three months. It's like, oh, we'll just jump yeah. in the middle of the season, and it's going to work out fine. No, everyone's been playing since September, early late August, early September, and teams have nine, ten wins. And just not fair to teams like Florida if they beat Bama and – Ohio State gets a game canceled because of COVID, they're done. Sorry, I'm taking Florida in that number four spot, and it's going to be Alabama, Florida, Notre Dame, Clemson, and that's going to be your top four. Uh, I just think that's how it's going to shake out this this year. It's This season can't end fast enough for, for these teams in the, in the whole college NCAA because it's a shit show. Games are getting canceled left and right. I just think you've seen – I would – personally, I would end the season right now if games got canceled – widespread in the next two weeks and just put, Hey, here's eight teams. Let's just play, play the playoff. I just think that's how it should be. Like the NHL did when they expanded their playoffs, COVID threw a wrench in it. Let's play with eight teams. Let's find out who the best team is. So you're to experiment. I want to see Cincinnati in there too. I want to see BYU in there, but can't have your cake and eat it too. But I'm just tired of the fucking, you know, the college football committee just, the same bias bullshit every year. I want to see someone new. I just want, I'm rooting for Cincinnati so hard to be in there. I want to see them play Alabama because I threw in the group chat the other day, the teams that have been in the playoff, I'm going to roll some scores out there. Oklahoma gets thrown in there and gets beat. They got beat 45, 34 to Alabama. That game was 42, not 42 to seven. At one point in that game, Alabama fell asleep. Notre Dame got in a couple years ago, lost 30 to three. Oklahoma got beat 63 to 28 last year. Florida State got beat 59 to 20 one year. So don't tell me Cincinnati can't be in the playoff because why if they get blown out, so what? We got to experiment. All these power, you know, these power five schools 
that are getting blown up in the four seed, I just think it's a fallacy that they can't be in. So that's my rant on the college football playoff committee again, week three now. Um, dude, I, I agree. It's the same bullshit every year. I'm just glad that those asshole Sooners aren't anywhere near this, this college football playoff because those guys oh. are the worst. Those guys are the absolute worst. It's every year they, they have some electric quarterback and then the defense is, is the defense is just absolute Swiss cheese. And then everybody's sitting there like, why is this a blowout? And it's like, well, if you watch college football, they're Swiss cheese and big 12 too. So who cares? The, you knew that this was going to happen. So I'm just glad they're yeah. not anywhere. I, I'm, I'm happy that t- Texas A&M and, and UF are right there. Cause that's, those are two teams that could easily be in the top four and they're right there to make shit interesting. So Hey, I'd love to see Kellen Mond get in there, dude. I mean, he's a good quarterback, and I think if he can prove himself, you don't like him? I don't like him. Just something about him. I hate him. (laughs) Uh, His helmet doesn't fit right. looks stupid out there. He just runs around. Something about him, I just don't like him. Texas A&M is a bunch of frauds too themselves. I had I laid the hammer on LSU and that's that offense is shit. No, I they think you're I, I think you're just jealous about Jimbo. Oh, Jimbo destroying the FSU program. Yeah, yeah. He literally left that place in ruins. And those idiots go and hire Willie Taggart to go fix the program. Good coach, but he's not. He didn't fix their problems. But that's a story for another time. But now you're starting that the, the problems at FSU were were beyond Willie. Yeah, and everyone's transferring. That team's me. I was watching highlights of 2013 yesterday, and I was like, "What? What was like six, seven years ago?" And now the program's in ruins. Just pain, constant pain. Every every time I watch, I'm gonna go down with the ship every year with this damn team, you know. Because when they're good again, I'll be like, "I was there for the bad times." All right, so Steve doesn't want to talk about uh, Florida State anymore. It's over. Um, but, you know, I know you wanted chaos in college football, but I, I really enjoyed watching Northwestern lose. I, I mean, because, like, I want actual legit teams to be propelled up into these top four spots. I don't want to see a Northwestern in the Big, Big Ten Championship. I think we all know Wisconsin's better. So I, I really enjoyed Northwestern going down. Yeah, they lost. Northwestern, I was not a believer in them at all. I mean, they they beat a okay Wisconsin team. Uh, I they they beat teams by they beat Iowa by one point. They beat Maryland early on, who was decimated by COVID. Uh, Purdue, they beat, who's not very good. They beat a a shit Nebraska team, and then they lose to the most schizophrenic football team in all of college football, Michigan State, who. <laughs> gets the doors beaten off them by Iowa and then they keep it close against Indiana. Then they beat Northwestern and then they beat Michigan. Like what the fuck? This team is like, is so like off the rails. Like they'll pl- watch, they'll, they'll beat Ohio state somehow this week or they'll, <laughs> they'll, or no, get here. They'll lose by 45 this week. And then they'll go and beat Michigan. Oh, they'll go beat Penn state by like 30 like yeah they're just up and down every week but i'm just, like i said i'm glad that northwestern uh, got knocked out of there because they weren't number eight they 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 beat a bad wisconsin team that can't score and they're very average at best so they're out of it and it's it's clear cut now it's seven teams left in in the hunt for the the college football playoff it's and the last team that has any hope is cincinnati everyone else the it'll take care of itself going forward from here the last three weeks did you enjoy that uh, Northwestern game, CJ? I actually didn't see much of it, but um, I'm glad that they're that they lost. 
because they shouldn't be where they were ranked. That was ridiculous. Pretty disrespectful to a BYU and other schools. So, uh, fuck you, Northwestern. Oh, yeah, and how about North Carolina? They lose and move up two spots. And what kind of fuckery is this? <laughs> They're 6-3. and three. They go from 19 to 17. Like, what world are we living in? You know, if that was, like, anyone else, like, if that was, like, Clemson, they lose, they big up, you drop seven spots. But for some reason, UNC is the golden child of, of college football this year. They were ranked, like, number eight, I think, to start the year, something like that. But, yeah, that's just uh, – don't get me started on that. that. That's just another reason why this whole thing's a sham. Like we have teams that have like our undefeated, like, you know, group of five teams that aren't even ranked. So not undefeated, but like one, two lost teams, but FAU example, prime example right there. They're five and one and they could be top. They could be 25 if you let them, but no, we're going to move up uh, North Carolina two spots for being six and three. Congrats. Best three lost team in the country. Uh, so Let's go back now. Let's go to the NFL and check out last week. So there weren't like a ton of big games, but uh, the Titans-Colts game, what do you think happened there? Because we were talking about the Colts. Oh, they got the top top five defense. Right now they're number three overall. You beat Green Bay. You're able to outscore Green Bay. That was their first big win of the year. And then you're going, okay, I think they can go two and overs to the Titans. And then Derrick Henry comes in and completely annihilates them in the first half is this Colts team uh, did we overrate them a little bit for a while because I, I look at them and I say Philip Rivers I get it he's been good for them he completes about 70 something percent of his passes I think he's first in the league in completion percentage he's been pretty good it's either him or Roethlisberger or I think even Daniel Jones is up there in the 70s which I was like well yeah that's because Daniel Jones throws uh three or four yard passes every time that's why his completion percentage is so high but the Colts, I look at them as Phillip Rivers limits them. Maybe they win a playoff game now. And I've been teeter-tottering on them for the whole year. Are they a team that could maybe go in there and beat a Pittsburgh in a shocker win because they could just defend really well? Can they beat a Buffalo if they outscore them? Now I'm looking at them and I'm like, I don't know if they can even win a playoff game because they just got clapped. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw on Sunday what should have happened, I think, in game one when they played each other. Um, I'm looking at the when they first met uh, a couple weeks ago. Tennessee was really in control of that game for the most part. Uh, it was 7-0 early on. Um, then it was 10-3. And then Indiana tied it up. And then Tennessee jumped back ahead. But then they had a, they had a fumble, missed field goal, and a blocked punt return for a touchdown for Indy. And that kind of really – turn the game for for the Colts and I think that game was very lopsided in a way that the scoreboard kind of didn't indicate how Tennessee played and then going back to Sunday they found their running game again Derrick Henry just tore it up and that's what they should have done I think the first time they, they saw each other I think they were feeling it feeling it out the Tennessee defense kind of let up a little bit at the end of the game but you know, Derrick Henry was a beast. He had 178 yards, three touchdowns. Tannehill did his job, distributed the ball, and the Titans defense did enough to win the game. And I think the Colts, I don't know if they have enough on offense to make a run. They're a good enough team to make the playoffs, don't get me wrong, but I think Phil Rivers has passed his time. We kind of touched on that last week, but I just think Tennessee's – not Tennessee, the Colts' defense um, isn't quite – up to the caliber to beat a Steelers or make a, you know, make a surprise run uh, 
that like Tennessee did last year. So I just don't see it. I think Tennessee's legit. Uh, when they get Derrick Henry going and they get their offense um, in a groove, you're going to see what just happened Sunday from here on out. Well, I am uh, of the thinking that the Steelers are absolute frauds. And I don't believe that they're all that great. I really don't. I think the defense is, is good. The defense is very good. The defense is above average. They're, they're elite good. The offense, ugh, not good. Not good. They can't run the ball. They can't run the ball. The O-line, the O-line doesn't get the push that they probably need. And I think Ben Roethlisberger is just a statue back there. He barely moves. And if he's not on in a playoff game against the Titans, the Colts, or, or the Chiefs, they're going to lose. I think the Colts are a better team. Than, than the Steelers, honestly, a better all around team. I really, really do. And well, the Colts I mean, run the ball. You know, you, you, I mean, that's a good point there. I mean, you look all around. I mean, you look at that offensive line, you got to give it to Indy. You got to give the running backs probably with Jonathan Taylor and, and Hines. And then you have tight ends, probably better Colts. You got Burton and Doyle and other guys. Then you look at the receiver end, you got TY and Pittman. You know, Pittsburgh, it's Juju and Deontay Johnson. So maybe receiving core is the same. But Rivers and Roethlisberger probably at the same level-ish right now. Uh, and and listen, Pittsburgh only beat the basically the practice squad offense of the Ravens by five points. So th- this was not a dominating win. I mean, no Lamar, no Dobbins, no Andrews. I mean, there's no one there for the Ravens. So, uh, And then even RG3 got injured at one point, So which was terrible to see. But... I don't know. I mean, the Colts, they're up and down, but they certainly do have more contributing parts than the Steelers do. I think they have more upside. Defense, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. I think that there are three teams in the the AFC. uh, Let's exclude the Chiefs. I think there's three teams in the AFC that have more upside than the Steelers, which would be the Titans, the Colts, and you can throw in a third team there. I think that the – I really think on the Miami Dolphins' day – they would they, they could beat the Steelers because they, they have, there's more explosion. There's more and the defense would give Ben Roethlisberger fits. This is that's what I'm saying. There's teams that just have more upside. You've seen what the Steelers are. They're an ugly win football team. They are, and I think a lot of you're you're gonna. I think a lot of teams. I think the Chiefs are sitting here watching the Steelers week in and week out, going, Jesus, I can't wait to get a piece of them because I think the Chiefs would embarrass them. I'm looking at the Steelers schedule and they played. The Jaguars, a beat-up Ravens team, the Bengals, Dallas, the Browns, who we know the Browns are just – Yeah, and remember, hey, Dallas pass. Dallas was a last-minute win. Yeah, that was a last-second win, too. They played a Broncos team early on, the Giants, the Texans, and the Eagles. I mean, come on. I mean, that their schedule – with if anyone else had their schedule, we can go down the list. If you, the Dolphins had that schedule, they would be probably – I think they were right there. I think they have one loss. The Bucs have that schedule. They have one loss. The Chiefs have that schedule. They'd be 11-0 too. You can go down the list. I think the Steelers were gifted with their schedule. And Wednesday night's game, if RG3 doesn't throw that pick six, they they the Ravens win that game. They, they ultimately win by two points. So self-inflicted wounds kind of hurt the Ravens there and bailed out the Steelers once again. So I think if the Steelers get to the playoffs – if they don't elevate their game, and Mike Tomlin even knows it, he goes, we're not playing good football, and he knows it. And if they don't elevate, they're going to be a, a one-and-done, just like the Ravens last year. Great season, but at the end of the day, you're not taking home the Lombardi. Yeah. So. I'm a for, I'm a for sure believer that the Steelers are – they're just an ugly win football team. They're like a they're, – they're like a – they almost play like a 70s, 80s 
early nineties team that just was defense first run, try to run the ball, run the ball doesn't work. We're, we're going to find a way to win the game, which hey, it's, it's good, but you, the most part, their schedule has been kind of shit. They, they, they haven't had a very tough schedule. The Ravens haven't even looked good this year. Once one bit. So there's two Raven wins don't even look good whatsoever on your schedule. Um, the Browns are the Browns. I mean, the Browns are eight and three, but they might be the worst eight and three team in football in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you're sitting there, you're like, you didn't play anyone. You played the Titans at a crappy time. The Titans had COVID and um, they've dodged some bullets. And I think that when the playoff comes around, people are healthy. Um, I think the Steelers could be a, a, a round one exit after starting the season 11 and up. Could be 12 and up. Big, test, up. big test next week against the uh, Washington Redskins. Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, huge, huge test. And, and then, then they go to the Bills. Big test comes the week after they, they play yeah. the Bills. And I think they the Bills the are going to shit kick them. Yeah. Hey, I, I, hey would... I would love to see Buffalo win that game. And they could. They have one more. There's one more game left. It's that game, and that's the only chance I'm losing. My favorite day of the year as a Dolphins fan is when the last undefeated team gets beat so that my 1972 Miami Dolphins can get out of the home and go have a steak at Shula's. And they all get together and they're like, hey, we're still the only undefeated team. That's I've been waiting, bro. Been waiting. So somebody needs to think that. I don't think anyone ever is going to be. I don't think there will be a team that goes undefeated ever. I just don't see that happening. It's just too, there's too, too many hard. teams in the NFL now. Too hard, too much talent in the NFL where you can make a run. I mean, the Chiefs are probably the best team in the NFL right now, and they've lost a game already this year. Dude, so I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this their win against the Bucks, the way they their body language on that field, you know what they remind they remind me of Golden State. They just know they're better than everyone else. And there's been some games this year where they lost, and you're like, what the hell are they doing? There's just – remember Golden State in the regular season. They would lose games and be like, who fucking cares? We're, we have Patrick Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We could just take a nap and score 30 points. And you know what? If our defense doesn't play well in week four, we don't really give a shit. That's kind of what the Chiefs remind me of. They're just laying in the weeds here, and they're like, okay, we love all the press about the Steelers being 11-0. Cause we can just sit here and wait until the AFC championship game, destroy anyone who's there. And they're better than any of the teams in the NFC. Cause you look at the NFC, Seattle's defense sucks. Green Bay's defense sucks and they don't win big games. Tom Brady's limited. NFC East is terrible. I don't see Arizona or the Rams doing anything who could beat the chiefs this year. I don't think anyone can. Not all, I think, I, I agree. yeah. I agree. I don't think anybody can really beat them. I do believe that the team that matches up the best with them out, out of the out of the NFC would probably be the Rams because the Rams have a good defense defense and they've got Aaron Donald, and the the offense can also you know post a post a couple points. But I mean, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers play Mahomes, but the Green Bay Packers defense is absolutely horrendous. I would love to see Russell Wilson go up against Mahomes. The Seahawks defense is even worse than than the Packers defense. So you're sitting there, you're like. What are my options after that? And then in the East, or the East, the AFC, I believe that Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans could could, could really give the Chiefs a, uh, a game or run for their money, but ultimately the Chiefs would win. I've said on the pod multiple times, I've said, like, oh, oh I'd love to see the Steelers uh, uh, play the Chiefs. Now, I don't even care if I see the Steelers play the Chiefs because I know the Steelers are going to get their asses handed to them. So I, I think this is the Super Bowl. That This is the Chiefs Super Bowl to lose. I think it's the Chiefs Super Bowl to lose next year. And like the Chiefs are, are, are a legit dynasty. Like they are like so 
far ahead of everyone else just in terms of pure talent and just just like you said like the golden state warriors all right yeah we lost the game the other night but it doesn't matter we're gonna win the finals so go fuck yourself it's basically what the chiefs are <laughs> yeah and that's it well they have that they have that look on them you know, you're all hitting the points here but they have that demeanor on the like throughout the game where it's like they don't panic they don't like even that bucks game where they were up early and then the Bucks kind of came storm back and they moved the ball to the field. Mahomes was just chilling. Like, and they were like, all right, we're fine. We'll get a stop. We'll, we'll, we'll find a way to win the game because they know that if they get the ball last and if it's tied, the Bucks, if the Bucks ended up tying that game, they'd probably go, hey, we're going to go down and win this game in overtime or we're going to go uh, last second field goal, Harrison Bucker, and just win the game. So I just think they, they're a no-panic mode team and just find a way to win football games. And they win pretty convincingly, too, because that – that Bucks game could have gotten ugly so fast. I mean, it was 17 nothing and a heartbeat. Tyree Kill had 220 yards in the first half. I think I could have gone up there and covered him and done better than that bum Carlton Davis. But don't get me started with that guy. But, yeah, I think the Chiefs are legit. They, they, I just don't see anyone that can beat them. I think if the Bucks got them again, I think they maybe be competitive. But, I mean, that they have struggles themselves. But Steelers would get absolutely manhandled by Kansas City. Um, I would, I think the Rams and the Rams in, uh, in, uh, Kansas city would be a great Super Bowl, but the Rams they laid an egg against San Francisco this week. So yeah, just like, no, it's just so weird this year. is just, just odd teams that you think are going to come out and just, and take care of business aren't doing it. So it, it's going to be like CJ said, I think it's the Chiefs Super Bowl to lose and hundred percent agree. All right. So let's do betters corner for this week. Um, this week is probably the worst slate of games uh, of the entire year. Uh, I'm, I'm working on Sunday half the day. I'm like, I don't even care because some of these games, they're just not it for me. I'll be able to watch Browns Titans. That's one of the good games. Line is minus five and a half. And because the games are so terrible this weekend, let's just force ourselves to take the bets on the actual good games. So minus five and a half Tennessee I think I'm going to take that because Cleveland can't score, and I think Tennessee is going to blow them out. Which game is this, Tennessee? Yeah, Browns at Tennessee, mm. 1 o'clock. Tennessee's home. They have fans. Disagree. I'll take the points. I'm taking Browns points here. Baker Mayfield is the is best when he, can, when he can do play action. That's what they run for him. The play action's always there because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are almost unstoppable together. So Baker Mayfield loves to play action. And guess who's the worst team in the league against a play action? The Tennessee Titans. Titans. Take the take the Browns points. I like this to be a close game. I do think the Titans win, but you're getting basically a touchdown. So do it. Yeah, I think you're going to see a little bit of a letdown from Tennessee. Uh, big win against the Colts last week. I just think you're going to see a little bit of drop off. I don't think it's going to be as convincing um, of a win this week. The Browns always play it close. For some reason, no matter who they're playing, they somehow keep it within a touchdown, um, and then they get a late score. Even though they're out of the game, let's say by 10 points, they'll score a late touchdown, and they, they'll cover backdoor, lose by two, three points like they did last week. So, Or they won last week by two points, but keeping it close. So, um, yeah, I, I would take the points. NFL is just weird. I, I don't take anything over three points usually because it's every game it seems to be a field goal game no matter who's playing. So – uh, I'll take Cleveland plus five and a half there. All right. So we got Rams Cardinals line uh, line is minus two and a half Rams. Uh, I think I'm going to go plus two and a half. 
uh, before the season started, I wanted to say that I really liked Arizona, but I didn't feel like I could because you looked at that division and it was like, well, no matter if they're good or not, they're not going to make the playoffs. I want to go out on a limb here. I want to stick to them. I think they beat the Rams this Sunday. They're the home team. I'm taking the plus two and a half going to Arizona this weekend. What about you guys? I am all over the Rams in this game. Yeah. They should not have lost last week to the 49ers. I believe that they – not only do they beat the Cardinals, I think they cover that spread handily. I think that Kyler Murray is playing with a slight injury. I do believe that he, he might have picked up this – knock originally against the Dolphins there was a huge hit in that game where he came off the edge to go get the fourth fourth and one conversion he got absolutely popped uh, right in the shoulder shoulder to shoulder I believe that he has a little bit of an injury just something nagging him Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald very very uncomfortable I am all over the Rams here um, and I also like the under I think it's a low scoring game so that's my pick Rams minus two and a half yeah, I like that pick as well. I just think I'd be taking the Cardinals if uh, the Rams had won last week. I think that would have been a dogfight. Arizona is kind of a must-win game for them to stay in that division. Uh, but I think the Rams really have something to prove. Shouldn't They should have never lost last week to San Francisco. They had chances to open that game up, kind of slept walk throughout the game. Um, I think you're going to see Jerry Goff, and I think the offense is going to take off and roll here. Um, but – you know, I, I could be wrong. I think this I think this game's close, close enough. I think, but I think the Rams win by seven. Um, Kyler Murray, I watched that that New England game last week, uh, and like CJ said, he he's kind of limping off the field a little bit. He kind of took a he took a hit to the side and was he wasn't throwing the ball with, with as much conviction and not running uh, running around as much. So um, something could be going on there. But I, I like the Rams in this game. All right, so one more line here for you guys. I got it right here. Indiana and Wisconsin, 12 versus 16 this weekend. They got Wisconsin at minus 14. Who are you guys going with? Ooh, I'm going in the spread. God, that's 14 points. Indiana's without their panic. Scott, he tore his ACL last week, so – it's a tough game, but I like I'll take Indiana plus 14 because I like Tom Allen. He's got his team fired up every week. He goes, they have something to prove. Uh, they're always going out and fighting. Uh, they played Ohio State extremely hard um, when they could have. That game did not start well for them at all. They kept fighting, uh, only lost by seven. I like the way they play. Their defense is solid. They got some um, scrappy players on in uh, that bar playing linebacker. So I'll take Indiana in the points. Um, who are they playing again, real quick? Indiana, Indiana at Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, Penix is out. Um, I think he was he was the, the he he was the identity of the Indiana offense. I think that's a massive massive loss. I'm going to take Wisconsin minus 14. I think they cover it. All righty, so we're going to move to the NBA really quickly here. Just a little Russell Westbrook John Wall trade happened the other night. So Russell Westbrook going to the Washington Wizards in exchange for John Wall. So now it'll be John Wall, James Harden, and Boogie Cousins. Wall and Boogie reunited after their days playing at Kentucky together. And now you're going to have Westbrook and Beal in Washington. Uh, so Westbrook just got announced for the first time ever in his career. He's not going to be wearing the number zero. He'll be wearing number four with the Washington Wizards. So Beal and Westbrook in Washington, Harden and Wall and Boogie in Houston – how do we like it? I don't know. I mean, I, 
I don't think it really changes anything. I think Houston is a fluke. I don't even know if they make the playoffs this year. The West is really deep. I think Harden is not as motivated. I think he still wants out of Houston. He might still be traded. Um, we never know with that. And I think I look at the East. The Wizards are going to be a seven or eight seed. I, I don't see any two ways about it. I don't think this changes anything about where they were. Maybe it moves them from being like a nine or a 10 to a seven or an eight. But I mean, they're not better than Boston. That's one. Miami, Toronto, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, uh, I, I counted six teams. I forget. There, there's six teams that are definitely better. Uh, the Pacers are probably still better than Washington. There's a lot of teams. Milwaukee. Oh, you're saying no to Indiana. Okay. So, okay. So maybe, okay, six or seven seed for Washington. I just don't see where this puts them. Where, where do you have them? Look, look, look. What I'm saying here is is Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, Rui Hachimura, those three are good enough to 100% get you into the playoffs in the East. Absolutely, you are a playoff team. Yeah, it's okay. a seven or an eight. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are the ultimate – ultimate regular season stat stuffer barn burner players in the NBA right now. Cause Harden gets it done in the playoffs as well. Russell doesn't at the moment. Bradley Beal doesn't even get the chance to put to go in the playoffs. So that's why I put those two guys above Harden in terms of regular season stat stuffers type players, right? These two guys are, they're, they're great. They're awesome. They're really good. They're going to score a shitload of points. They're not going to have a lot of defense, but Here's the thing. There's not a lot of parity in, in the NBA. There really isn't. So they're going to beat up on a real a bunch of really awful teams. They're going to be they're going to run the table on those teams. And in the East, there's a bunch of bad, bad, bad teams. And those you're not talking about the Knicks, teams. right? Of course, I'm talking about the Knicks. <laughs> Russell Westbrook and James uh, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are very, very, very good. They're going to score a ton of points. So why wouldn't the Wizards be at least the seventh seed. They're better than they're they're better than the Sixers, one hundred percent. They're a better basketball team than the Sixers with those two guys. I would take them over Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid any day of the week. Any really? Week. Hey, but they have Tobias yeah, Harris. They've got uh, they got Danny Green and Seth Curry and no, I'm just saying they have more shooters. Horrible. Oh, Horrible. okay. I, I think it. I, I I agree with you. I don't like Philly at all, but I think they're at Philly's least better awful. than. I think they're awful. Wow. Doc Rivers, too? Doc Rivers? Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Look at this. Okay. I'm going to pull up the NBA. All right. I'm going to give you – I'm going to tell you right now where the Wizards will be next year. Okay. And it's going to be fact, and it's going to happen. Okay? (laughs) Pulling it up right here. Standings. NBA. Come on, load. All right. Here we go. I'm recording this snippet. Here we go. All right. Okay. Here we go. Washington Wizards are better than the Sixers and the Magic. Yes. Right? The Orlando Magic were the eight seed. The Sixers were the six. So here's where the here's how the here's how the East will be. Oh, they're also better than the Pacers. Okay. So here's how the East will be. You'll have you'll have I'm not saying that these are the rankings right now, but the top four will be Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, Brooklyn. That fifth seed is 100% going to be the Washington Wizards. What about Toronto? I'm not a big Toronto believer this upcoming year. Okay. So I think, wow. I, but Toronto's going to get in the playoffs 100%. But I think but they've lost Marcus All. 
Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ibaka wants out. Ibaka's gone. Yeah, he's in. Uh, he's with the Clippers. Gone. I'm not a Raptors guy this year, but I think the Raptors are good enough to make the playoffs. But they'll be and between the six, the six and the eight seed. So here, here comes the Wizards at the five seed. Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal. Hey, yo, you hear what Steve just said? He said Tampa Raptors. Did we even Tampa talk Raptors about that? <laughs> oh, the Tampa Raptors. Hey, uh, the six. Come to Tampa. It's all right. You're already repping. Are you kidding me? My God. Yeah, no, that's my team now. My God. Yo, hey, you, good news for us, though. Talking about, talking about Canada and stuff reminded me the NHL – Another good transition there. You see that? But the NHL is coming back either January 1st or January 15th, either 52 or 56 games. Uh, whatever happens, I, I just want hockey. It's been – I think the regular season got canceled mid-March, and I haven't had – you know, like every week you look at the week and it's like, oh, I get to watch a Ranger game Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, and I haven't had that in so long. I just want hockey back. I don't care how many games. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I just want hockey to be back because it's, it's – one of my favorite sports to watch. I mean, other than f- football on the weekends, but it's something you can watch consistently uh, throughout the week. You have Monday, Wednesday, usually a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday game you can watch, but I'm just excited because a lot of teams, uh, you know, that were competitive last year. I want to see play like Florida. They were right there. I want to see how they play this year. Uh, obviously the lightning. I want to see how they bounce back, um, not bounce back, but you know, after Stanley cup, I want, to see my banner night. I want the banner night to happen. Um, and then the Rangers, uh, they're a team that that's going to catch my eye this year. Just uh, drafting Lafreniere. Uh, you have Zabanajad. I want to see uh, who's your y'all's number one goaltender. Shesterkin. Uh, uh, Shesterkin. I want to see him in a full slate of games. Well, you're not going to full slate, but him in a full uh, season play yep. throughout. I think that yep. team's going to be primed to make a, a good run, uh, get a little tougher. But I, I just want hockey back. Um, and one other thing, too, is uh, some teams are floating the idea to play outdoors this year. Uh, I think Boston, Pittsburgh, Anaheim, and I don't know who the fourth team was, but um, I'll check on that. But that'd be kind of cool to see, uh, you know, some teams play 20 games outdoors. You might as well. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it gain some viewership. Uh, pe- people that aren't NHL hockey fans, uh, hey, I get to watch a game that they're playing at Fenway Park every night. Hey, that's kind of cool. Maybe and you can bring friends in since it's outside. So. Um, good move by the NHL and those teams, and hopefully they can make that happen. Yeah, what do you think about the NHL coming back, CJ? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know how they're going to do it with the fans. Um, I'm going to make a joke about my Panthers. I mean, it doesn't really matter because we don't have as many people there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but you know what? I, I do hope that um, you know the NHL gets back. They get on terms with the NHLPA properly. Uh, in the NHL, the CBA agreements and all that. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that there's really all that much hype going into this NHL season because there weren't really any crazy free agency periods or crazy free agent signings. I don't think anybody is like sitting there, like no offense, Jacob. I don't think anybody is sitting there today saying like, oh my God, I can't wait to see Alex, Alexis, Alexi Lafreniere. Oh no, yeah, no. No one other than a Ranger fan is waiting it's to watch a, it. Yeah. It's not a Connor McDavid. It's not an Austin Matthews. It's not a... Eichel debut where, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people in the U S watching just is what it is. Um, but I do hope that the Rangers get back to being a good hockey team. Cause that's just good for the NHL. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I don't miss the Panthers game. Like if it's on TV, it's, I, I, I watch it. I, I love the team. I'm not as invested as I have been the last couple of years where I'm like, you know, cause they've sucked the life out of me, but 
you know, I love the NHL and, uh, you know, I, one of my favorite things to do as a kid growing up when I finally got a TV in my room was put uh, NHL network on while I was falling asleep. Um, there was something about NHL network that, you know, got me and I excited to watch it this year when they're doing the, uh, around the country, the puck drop. So uh, excited. And um, here we go. 100% man. And uh, also forgot to mention NBA is coming back a little bit before Christmas, but they released their Christmas day schedule. Uh, they got Pelicans heat should be cool. Zion versus the defending Eastern conference champions. Warriors and Bucks, uh, Nets and Celtics with the return of KD, then the Mavs and Lakers, and then Clippers Nugs. So it's actually a really good slate of uh, Christmas Day games for the NBA, some sports to watch. Um, but now we're going to finish the show. Uh, Steve and I, we got to talk about some of these baseball stuff because there hasn't been a ton of stuff, uh, but there's been just little tiny inklings of moves that have happened. I mean, it's so annoying because you get NHL, they're like, okay, today's our free agency day. Everything happens. NBA, same thing. Oh, we're opening up trades today. Here's eight of them. You know, oh, free agency opens up. Uh, everyone's signing their max contracts. Baseball is just like, uh, here's a one-year minor league deal with an invite to spring training for uh, Drew Smiley. You know, that's what we get in baseball. So not much has happened. We had a, a trade, Jose Iglesias from the Orioles to the Angels, kind of signal, signals that uh, Andrelton Simmons, uh, his time's over in L.A., Corey Knable from the Brewers to the Dodgers. If he can rebound, not be injured this year, he could be a nice bullpen piece for them. Trevor May to the Mets. Who really cares? Uh, Adam Simber to the Marlins. That's actually a really good move for them. Uh, mm -hmm. Cleveland non-tendered him, so it's a good move. Uh, and then Mike Miner to Kansas City, uh, which I like a lot. Their team, they're going to have a lot of young starting pitchers. Mike Miner, kind of that veteran presence to add there. But I think one of the biggest things – and I sent you the post the other day uh, of the mm -hmm. non-tenders that happened. One of them caught my eye, man. Kyle Schwarber, non-tendered by the Cubs. He's a free agent. So they, they couldn't even get a trade from him. I don't know how that happens, but his bats in, on, in, on the free agent market, that's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, that's a. I mean, if you're a playoff contender or going into and trying to make a run and you need a bat to fill – to fill a spot and get some run production. That's not a bad guy to fill in, in like the six, seven hole. If you're already a deep enough team, I, I think someone knows something that we don't, I think, because he does get into patterns where he does strike out a lot, doesn't get on base. So there's some issues there, but um, if you're a team with enough cap space or there's no cap in the NLB, but if you have, if you can afford him um, like the Yankees, uh, then go for it, get a bat. But, uh, that was one that caught my eye because the, but I think the Cubs on the same token, they have a lot of guys that they have to get uh, squared away with like Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, um, Wilson Contreras, a catcher. So it's a lot of pieces they have to get together to keep that team intact. If they want to stay and be competitive and make the playoffs uh, for the next few years, because the Cubs, there's some term, not turmoil, but uh, there's some issues there. Uh, Epstein's yeah. I mean, up and down um, Joe yeah. Madden, obviously leaving a couple years ago. So, Something's going up there in, uh, in Chicago. So they got some inside internal stuff to fix. So I think right now they just got to get their core guys together and keep them in Chicago. No, I totally agree. I mean, you know, Theo leaving, a lot of contracts that need to be signed. They don't have as much money as the Dodgers and the Yankees. Uh, but Lester's contract just came off the books. So they're probably thinking right now, which player are we going to give that money to now to replace that contract? 
because you know that they can at least afford that number of contracts. So they're probably looking at, okay, do we give Rizzo his money? Do we give Brian his money? Contreras, Baez? We'll see. I think they're going to trade probably one or two of those guys. If I'm guessing, it's probably Baez and Contreras, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Eddie Rosario, non-tendered by Minnesota. Kind of surprising, but I think he's overrated. Uh, Carlos Hans Rodon. Alberto. Yeah. Hans, Hans, Hans or Alberto for Baltimore. That was That's a guy. That's a sneaky guy you could get on the market for someone like – not getting you can get him for relatively cheap, but that he had a ton of run production this year and kind of caught my eye. Like he playing fantasy baseball, he was a guy who was tearing it up, but yeah, you know, that's a guy he can get you on base, he can get on base and score some runs. And that's a, a depth guy for teams. So that one kind of surprised me with Baltimore. It's one of their younger uh studs that they have, yeah, two years in a row of uh over 300 batting average. Kind of him and LeMayhew, the last two years, they just started hitting 320, and you're like, where did that come from? Except mm-hmm. LeMayhew's been a top-five player. Um, so Carlos Rodon, also non-tendered. He's just had two or three years in a row now, plus the years before he was injured where he didn't meet expectations. The White Sox are just like, okay, we're done with this project. He can go somewhere else, figure it out somewhere else. Mazzara's gone as well. We've heard rumors. Maybe they're going for a Brantley or a George Springer. That would make sense. Get Mazzara out of the way. He's not going to start if that happens. Uh, the Marlins for you, CJ, they, they uh, non-tendered Stanek and Urania, so they're both gone. Uh, Adam Duvall out of Atlanta. Uh, and another big one for me, uh, David Dahl from Colorado. He's actually a really good player. He could probably hit 20 home runs in a year. He's hit 300 sometimes. He's a pretty good, and he's in his 20s. So David Dahl, left-hand hitting outfielder. What do you think about him, uh, Steve? I like it. I mean, I – he can give you a lot of run production. He's he's got speed, um, good out, consistent outfielders in the, in the MLB. You know, you don't see many free agents get let go uh, that can play a solid defensive game, uh, swing a good bat. So he's a he's a guy that if I was a team looking for an outfielder that that needs some help out there, that's a guy definitely you could I would I would I would swipe up in a heartbeat. But uh, you know, I, I think. The market for for a lot of, play, of these players, uh, I I think teams are trying to find the right number to give these guys just because of the COVID you know, impact that it's had on all these organizations. Guys have to take less money. I think the players are having a tough time kind of settling for less. So I think you're gonna it's gonna take a while for guys to be moved and signs uh, and in these and find their home. So uh, I think that's what's going on here in MLB, but. One thing I'll say is if Trevor Bauer goes to the Yankees, uh, I don't think I'll watch baseball this year. Uh, I just won't. Hey, uh, even if we it. get Bauer, dude, I still don't think they're uh, – I mean, every year they get – they're saying, oh, everyone, the Yankees are World Series champions before the year starts, and then they choke. I'm done with the Yankees as far as I'm concerned right now. I just – unless they do something big, because it's like you get LeMayu back, they're saying they don't have enough money to get starting pitching. If it's Garrett Cole – and then there's no Tanaka and there's no Paxton. It's going to be like Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt, a rookie, and Montgomery, who's up and down, and then Herman, who just was out for domestic abuse in your rotate. That's and then Sevy's coming back halfway through, and you have no idea what he's going to do. So yeah, I, I don't exactly think if they don't get Bauer, the Yankees might be fucked. No, we'll trade you Blake Snell and we'll get Gary Sanchez in return. <laughs> We're at the, the annual gutting of the Rays. You just wait. They'll trade Blake Snow for a bag of chips and a fucking draft pick. Yeah, it's coming. Hey, and and Randy, with all those rumors, they're going to be like, oh, we want to get that off our plate, and Randy's gone. Uh, 
You're going to yeah, see about, it. Yeah, I'll see my only World Series run for the next 20 years, and that'll be done. <laughs> Just sad. Uh, so, hey, we got to get going on those top 10 lists for uh, baseball positions because uh, we got to get those out soon. Those are going to be fun. We're going to be doing a strictly baseball, Steve and I, soon on our free agent predictions. Uh, and then we got to do a strictly hockey fairly soon. Yep. I don't know how we're going to do it, but uh, CJ, you got to come on some of those too. Uh, when we do our division previews, maybe we'll even do some position rankings on strictly hockey. And those are with Adam, who's appeared on this show a few times. Uh, so those will be fun once we get to that. And then I'll be doing strictly Yankees relatively soon. I haven't done one since I ranted about the season being over. Uh, so, you know, I just haven't had it in me. And uh, I might do that with uh, Mark Papaleo who's also a Yankee fan, and uh, we'll get into that soon. And then Strictly Rangers, same thing. Season's over. Uh, we had, we talked to uh, George Lake. That was really fun. That was our last pod. Super Rangers fan, and uh, hopefully we'll get going on a Rangers pod soon. But for now, you can wait for Strictly Sports next week. All those other pods will be back soon. For CJ Yuri and Steve Cashin, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, on Twitter at Strictly Sports P, and on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. I am Jacob Brown, and we will see you next week.